today. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield going to apologize ahead of time to listeners. You're going to hear a faint beep, beep, beep in the background. We are out of power in our neck of the woods. So my battery backup is what's keeping me on the air. So if you hear the beep in the background, uh, that is what it is. So my apologies ahead of time. Maybe that beeping is just setting the tone to what we're seeing in these markets today. A typical post-holiday trade. But these bean numbers, they're not worried about an early frost and maybe some banking that there might be some help come from this August as we get towards a downward slide on this soybean crop. We're going to find out what's going on in this market and the rest of the trade today with Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So let's start out talking about these soybeans. I mean, we're talking some lower temperatures this weekend in the 40s, but not enough to really cause any worries at this point for the soybeans. No, it isn't. Um, in fact, many weather services are saying, you know, the... Uh, the potential of an early frost freeze is probably not going to happen here in September. Well, and then you start getting into October and you get to more traditional times for frost. But one thing I will say, and you guys especially have been horrifically dry, as Kansas has too, and South Dakota. But um, usually when you have dry dirt, it can freeze easier. And so one will need to keep an eye on that. But for now, um, your weather sources just really aren't talking about a frost freeze, even though our nights are getting fairly cool. It's And they have been for about a week or so. So we'll see what happens here. But, um, no, the market is uh, on beans is looking at the fact that it's September and we're starting to bring crops closer to home. Um, also, I think that uh, the market is looking ahead and deciding what are we going to um, have for news. Next week on Monday, we have the USDA supply demand report. And the question mark is, will NAS include the FSA numbers where it showed corn acres down 3.1 million acres and bean acres down one and a half? Will that be in this report or will they wait till October? Last year, NAS did include any FSA data in the September report. But this year, who knows? We're not even getting our export sales. You you look at... and. and Today was one of those days. We, we got an email earlier in the day from uh, USDA saying they were having technical difficulties with reports. You and I talked about that last week during the Fontenelle Final Bell of some report delay issues. And this new software system just seems to be adding every day a new layer of problems, which makes it hard for producers to know how to market when they can't get those reliable information. That is true. I mean, producers at this time of the year need all the help they can get but one thing I will say, watch your basis levels because end users that are short covered are showing signs of concern that they may not be able to get enough crop bought. And so they're looking ahead because they know farmers' bins are probably a little more empty this year. And they're a little concerned that with a shorter crop, farmers will bin it rather than sell it. And so in some cases, you can see bids on beans uh, for if you can deliver beans by mid-September, which isn't very far away, you can get 225 to 260 over the board. But even in corn, we're hearing of end users, usually an ethanol plant, but bidding out 
all the way into December for corn because they know if it gets locked up, it's not coming out for a while. So looking at a typical post-holiday, um, we had a three-day weekend for you guys to kind of absorb everything that happened uh, this last week. Any thoughts in this market trade that might set the tone for what we see the rest of this shortened week? Well, I think, you know, you're going to have the, you know, the corn markets trying to lift. And one thing we need to keep in mind is that there is talk of uh, uh, outbreaks of uh, avian bird flu in Minnesota. In fact, uh, this is the first time since May that the USDA reported outbreaks affecting 175,000 turkeys in Meeker County, Minnesota. And, of course, different from 2012, bird flu this year has been much more widespread and the risk is becoming something that producers will have to deal with this could imply less demand for feed usage for corn um there was an article in the uh, financial times that reported 86 million birds have been destroyed in the u.s and europe this year that's protein and of course feed usage that is dropping back but i will say the fact that this um virus is more widespread this year than normal does kind of make you concerned because it means less eggs less poultry and uh, traders are certainly going to be watching that but if you have less poultry to go around they'll fill that need probably with beef or pork and so we'll have to kind of keep an eye on that for feed usage but the weather has been continuing to be very dry and the 16 to 30 day forecast is talking about being dry for Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota, and Nebraska. And so that is a concern as well because um, being dry means it's going to bring the harvest on quicker for the corn. Uh, It may also uh, kind of hurt or slow down the filling out of the beans in the bean pods, and that's a concern as well. And there is a lot of short uh, beans around the countryside. I know I want to ask before we had to break here quick China has had more lockdowns as well so that's going to have an effect in what we see well and that's why I think bean meal and bean oil and the bean market itself was on its face here today uh, because China is talking these lockdowns and those are the markets that everybody relates to as China being in and buying beans but we have to keep one thing in mind by reporting that they're going to go into lockdowns and what have you guess what else is happening it's driving the price lower so they can come in and buy and beans were you know are planted in that area of where the yangtze river is and being extremely low so more is coming up it's the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio At Fontenelle Hybrids, we'd like to visit with you about reaching your yield goals in 2023 with our high-performing corn hybrids and ExtendFlex soybeans. Fontenelle products are locally tested and selected because we know Nebraska. Stop and see us at Husker Harvest Days and remember to see your local Fontenelle dealer before mid-October for the best discounts. Fontenelle Hybrids, solutions you need, relationships you trust. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other... Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So we were talking about these China lockdowns before we went to break. And I'm wondering, though, from a protein perspective, is there some possibilities that we might see export opportunities, I guess, is what I'm trying to think, for our proteins? 
Well, I think we will. Um, one thing we have to keep in mind, with the dollar strength that we are seeing, we're um, having to look at that and say, hmm, we're picking up a lot of pork coming in from Canada. And um, then when you look at Mexico, we may be picking up some beef coming in from Mexico. So nothing different than what we've seen in past years, but it's been a while since we've had heat to the north. And um, no doubt, Mex- or Canada is very warm and dry. And then that's, and the dollar rallying, because with interest rates creeping higher, you've got foreign countries, investors, what have you, coming and sending money into the U.S. to pick up the dollar for a safe haven, but also pick up a little more interest rates. With that dollar and the way it's been trading, could it be a long-term hindrance, though, for our export possibilities? Well, the dollar is rolling, and everyone thinks that that would be a hindrance, and because it does make our grain a little more expensive around the world, and of course, maybe a little less competitive. However, Mother Nature is picking away at crops around the world, and that basically speaks to the fact that we are going to see a situation here where we could, I think, have um, demand stay with us, but in the meantime. You know, everybody worries about interest rates and that that could also be a problem because it costs more for lines of credit, letters of credit for the foreign buyer. But I also go back to food is very tight supplied around the world and very important. Also energy. And when you need those two vital things in life, you are going to buy. It's just that right now, if you have countries that have some supplies a little cheaper, like Russia, Ukraine, they'll try to get it out of there. But those two countries are looking at, um, you know, not as easy to ship out. And you've got the sanctions against Russia. But in the meantime, Ukraine isn't looking at uh, planting everything they even planted this year. Uh, talk about Ukraine. I saw that there was an article this morning talking about those export numbers are starting to pick up out of both Russia and Ukraine. What are you hearing in regards to their grain movement? Well, they have picked up, but they're still, um, and they should be picking up. Remember, they just came out of wheat harvest, so they should be trying to pick up. But on the same token, it still is not near the pace that it needs to be. And the fear from the Ag Ministry has been that they will be planting much less than, than they normally would be when they go into the winter crops. We'll switch over to the livestock side, too, and, and I've been hearing a lot of talk that some say that hay production could be up to 50% short um, from what we've seen in years past. We have already know that the cattle have had lots of pressure on them in this trade this year. It just seems to add a whole other layer to lack of rain, lack of feedstuff, more animals headed to market. It does. Um, I think that that just keeps the processing going. Um, the concern that you know, you're not seeing um, enough of a relief for moisture in uh, the southwest. And um, I think that that's, you know, if you've got less of a hay crop, it also tells you that uh, the pastures are still very dry and you're going to have continued liquidation. But I think we're not super far as we go into next year. I don't think we're super far from seeing where we're going to slow that down. This has been four years. And so at some point here, 
prices will get high enough next year that will start to maybe do some enticing to bring people around to maybe want to plant some more, the, or not plant, but uh, feed cattle more and have a cow-calf herd. But for now, that's not the case. And you have a lot of cow-calf men that have reached near where they could just retire, and you're seeing that. And that's been part of the problem this year with a lot of cows being liquidated. Could we see a pickup in this cash market? I mean, all the last couple of weeks have been kind of frustrating. Well, we've been in a, almost like a narrow range. Um, you know, even the futures for October got up to 146.27 or something and then fell down, what, to 141.90, 142.20 or something like that. And there was good support in that 142, 142.50 area. So to see us catch there and bounce back, we're in a tight range. And we've seen this in many various markets uh, across the board where they've worked into these ranges and they're just meandering and back and forth. But um, I do think as we get further towards October, from October on, I think our numbers are going to tighten up a little bit. Thanks. So what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and y'all have a great day. Well, that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell, and as always, remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.